In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. How do we turn our time in the church from an activity to a personal relationship? That's a very nice question. Actually, the relationship should not be only during the time you spend in the church, but the relationship start from your home, from your inner room, and continue to the church. So, if you are talking to God only when you go to church, it will be a big challenge to make a relationship. And Christ said about himself, he is the bridegroom, and we are his bride. So, think about the Lord as a bridegroom, and you are a bride. There is attachment, there is love, there is enjoy in spending time together. You like to talk to him, you like to listen to him. If you hurt him, you're going to apologize to him, you know. So, if you think about it as a relationship, and the relationship is all the time, all the time, seven days a week, not only when you go to church. So, when you go to church, you will say with David, I was glad when they told me, let us go to the house of the Lord. When you enter the church, you will say, your courts are lovely, O Lord of hosts. You know, you will say one day in your courts will be better than thousand outside. You will say, I desire to sit at the door gate or at the door of your court rather than live with the sinners. So you will be very happy. Actually, in, in the great fast, the response, Lo Hallelujah, I don't know if you understand this meaning or not. It is, I enter into the house of the Lord before the face of the Lord who gladdens my heart and gladdens my youth. So when I enter the court of the Lord and I stand before the face of the Lord, I'll be happy. He will gladden my heart. He will gladden my mind. That's a relationship. That's a relationship. And focus on two things consistency and quality. When you pray, you need to pray with good quality. Focus, concentrate in prayer. And you need to be consistent. You cannot just, you know, it's like food. It's a spiritual nourishment. If you eat junk food, you will have high cholesterol, you have many uh, stomach ulcer, heartburn, you have many diseases. But if you eat healthy food, that's a quality. And you are consistent. You cannot just eat one day, you skip three days, and eat two days, you skip five days. It doesn't work this way. In the same way with God, you need to be consistent and also good quality. Can someone yield the fruit outside the church? No. If yes, what happens to those people after they die? You cannot yield fruit to God outside the church. Church is the ark of Noah. Church is the ark of our salvation. Church where the grace of the Holy Spirit we receive it through the sacrament. Church where I abide in Jesus Christ and he abide in me in Eucharist. Church where I confess and repent and receive absolution for my sins. So how can and church where I commune and assemble with other believers. So how can a person be filled with the Holy Spirit and yield the fruit toward God? 
How do we deal with homosexuality around us? We know it is wrong and we don't want to water down Christianity. But how do we not appear as hateful because Christ is not hateful? You know, as they say, we love the sinner, but we hate the sin. The issue with the homosexuality is not that people suffer from a sin. That's not the real issue. Because who among us does not suffer from sin? The issue is they say about sin, it's normal. That is the issue. يعني, if there is a youth, a Coptic youth, and say I am struggling with homosexuality, and I know it is sin, and I'm fighting the good fight against this sin, you know, he can come to the church, he can take communion. Who, who among us is not fighting against sin in his life? All of us who are fighting against different sin. This different, yeah, think about it this way. If somebody comes to you and like, lying is not sin. Lying is something good. And we need to lie. And don't say about the liars, they are sinners. Of course, we will not accept this teaching. Can you imagine if there is a Sunday school teacher start to teach lying is good, go and lie? Definitely will not accept this. Same way, again, the problem with homosexuality is not they are homosexual. All of us are sinners. All of us. But the problem in they say about sin, it is right. It's, it's normal. That's the issue. How we deal with them? St. Paul differentiated between a believer or an unbeliever. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, starting from verse 9, he said, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. If there is a believer who actually defend homosexuality and say it is not, it's not wrong, it's not sin, it's, here we need to take a stand. Why we take a stand? Because we love him. And we tell him, you're wrong. And because your teaching is wrong, we are taking this stand to know that you are, because we love you. And, and usually I give the example, for example, if you want to drive from here to New Jersey, but instead of driving north, you drive west. You will never arrive to New Jersey. And here we need to take a stand and to say, no, you are in the wrong direction. Come, if you want to go to New Jersey, you need to drive north, not west. In the same way, when we tell him in, in a loving way, Rabbina, the woman who was caught in sin, in a very gentle way, he did not condemn her. Allah said clearly, I'm not condemning you. I will not condemn you, but sin no more. He did not tell her, I don't condemn you and it's okay, continue in your uh, sin. He did not tell her this. So we need to be gentle in how to address them. That's the believers. But about the non-believers, non, uh, in, in our church, he said, I told you, don't keep company with sexually immoral people, yet certainly don't mean, did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters, since you would need to go out of the world. Yeah. St. Paul is saying, if I tell you, don't keep company with these sinners, the only solution is to die, to, to leave the world. 
because the world is full of, of different type of people who actually suffer from different sin. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named the brother. Named a brother, as I told you in the brief instruction, brother means a believer, brother in Christ, who is sexually immoral or covetous or idolater or reviler or drunkard or extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. But for what have I to do with judging those who are outside? Those who are outside the church, it's not my responsibility to judge them. So if they are with me in, in school, in college, in work, yes, I will deal with them with healthy boundaries, but I will deal with them. Do you not judge those who are inside? So our responsibility to take a stand with those who are inside the church, not outside the church. But those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. That's First Corinthians chapter 5. Sometimes the concept of eternity can be scary. How do you reconcile with that concept? Why is it scary? It's scary because you are afraid to go to yani, hell, eternal death. That's why it's scary. If you are scared from the exam, you study well. So the antidote not to be scared or afraid from the eternal judgment is to live with Christ. Is it difficult? No, it's not difficult. Satan tried to tell, it, to tell you it's difficult to be holy and righteous. No, it's not. See how easy it is. When we are born, after we are baptized, we are righteous as a free gift. In baptism and chrismation, we are righteous. When we grow, if we commit any sin, God told us through confession, repentance, and communion, your sins will be washed. You will be righteous again. But I don't want you to take it this way, okay, خلاص, I'm going to do any sin, I'm going to confess. No. Rabbeinu wants us to fight the good fight. So fight the good fight. But even if you fall in, in sin after you, you fought the good fight, it's not the end of the world. Because God, out of his love, he gave us the sacrament of repentance and confession, sacrament of communion, to forgive our sins. In the book of Revelation, John saw people walking in white garments. So he asked, who are they? And one of the 24 presbyters did not tell him, these are never sinned. You know what did he tell him? These who washed their sins in the blood of the Lamb. So they washed their garments, like, like my galabeya. You look at it, it's clean. It's clean, why? Because I wash it. But help it get dirty? Yes, it gets dirty. Can you imagine, I never cleaned it. So that is a sinner who does not repent. We fight the good fight. At the end, if because of the weakness I, I fall in sin, it's on the end of the world. So isn't it easy? Give us everything we need to be saved. So those who, are, who will not be saved because they, they never tried to use the, the, the tools that God gave us to be saved. Can our prayers for a deceased person who was far from God change their faith? No, it's too late. He has to repent and return to God before he dies, like the thief on the cross. But after he dies, 
بنقول في صلاة النوم توبي يا نفسي ما دمت في الأرض ساكنة لأن التراب في القبر لا يسبح وليس في الموت من يذكر ولا في الجحيم من يشكر بل انهض من رفات الكسل Let me read it in English for you But repent, O my soul, so long as you dwell on this earth For inside the grave dust does not praise In death no one remembers, neither in Hades does anyone give thanks Therefore arise from the slumber of laziness And entreat the Savior repenting and saying God have mercy on me and save me So prayer for the departed Those who are far from God will not change their status How can we be faithful all our lives If we will encounter tribulation And we can fail some of them So how do you stay faithful? But even if you fail some of them you know, but abide in God and God will give you victory. As just I said right now, fight the good fight. And at the end, because the weakness, not because of uh, laziness or taking advantage of the kindness of God. But after I fought the good fight, if I fall because of my weakness, it's not the end of the world. That's why God gave us his sacrament. If we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive our sins and the communion given for us for salvation remission of sins and eternal life to those so faithfulness doesn't mean that you will never ever fail in tribulation doesn't mean this but faithful means if you fall you rise again how can we differentiate between being lazy or just being weak if you don't uh, if you cannot differentiate then it's laziness a person who fights a good fight he, he knows what good fight means. He goes through the narrow gate. He goes through the difficult way. But a person who gives in easily and he say, I have fought the good fight. No, the St. Paul said, fight until blood shed. So if you don't realize in enter, you fought until blood shed, then it's laziness. How can you deal with love interest? If you are mature enough to get married, Go and talk with her or with him. If you are young, then I want you to love everybody around you. Don't give in to the thought because one-on-one relationship in a young age can be tempting and it's very easy to turn into lust and very easy to, you, you can defile yourself and to fall in sexual immorality. And statistics says this, speaking about people who started dating in a young age, they will tell you this. So love, you need to deal with everybody around you as brothers and sisters until you are mature enough to get married. And then if you are getting married and you are interested in somebody, you know, pray, take, you know, advice of people, whether this person, a godly people is, is suitable for you or not, like Masan Abu Abdraafak, your parents. See how you are making your decision based on uh, physical attraction or based on moral attraction or spiritual attraction. Mr. Simpson made three mistakes in his uh, decision. And how he did not listen to the advice of his parents. Also, he got married to a person not in his same religion. And he based based the decision of marriage on physical attraction. He, he said to his father, she pleases me well. 
you need to, yani, to think about it. What is the church position on abortion? Abortion is murder. And the church actually considered the sin of abortion, it's sin of murder. The only exception, the only exception is the, the, her, the mother life is in high risk. And if she continue in this pregnancy, the mother will die. So here, and these are very yani, rare condition, yani, very, very rare condition, by the way. But in these conditions, we, we actually decide uh, whether to save whose life. So the church says, save the life of the mother here. Because one life, actually, if the mother died, most probably the child will die also. So at least you save the life of, of the mother. That's the only exception. What if it is insist or read? Go and read what is the percentage of statistics to a person gets pregnant from rape or incest. It's very, 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 very rare. But in the actual rape, what do you mean? What do you mean in actual rape? Because sometimes the definition of rape now is a uh, fake. Let me say it this way. A girl goes with a boy to his house alone, and then they drink, and then both of them got drunk, and then start to touch each other, etc., etc. And then he sleeps with her, and she, when she yeah, gets sober, she says he raped me because he did not take my consent. What do you expect when you put yourself in, in this circumstance? This is not rape, and this is not incest. So this is not rape. Rape is rape, and if even you search on Google what is this, the percentage of a girl getting pregnant in rape, very very percentage Muslim in snow. I, I read something like this: snow falls in Florida during June or July. almost no in Florida in July. I like that's the same percentage girl to be pregnant in rape. Is it okay to have friends that are part of the LGBTQ? It depends on what's your definition of friends. A friends means close friends. We just read from 1 Corinthians chapter 5. St. Paul said no. If he is a brother, he is, if he is a, a Christian, and uh, he's sexually immoral, you, you should not keep company with such a person. St. Paul said, even don't eat or drink with, with this person. But if he's a companion with you in, in work or a companion with you in school, and he's not a, a non-believer, yes, you can deal with them while you are keeping healthy professional boundaries. But this is not friendship. It's semi-companionship. Yeah, I will deal with him with respect, love, are we against being an organ donor? No, you can be an organ donor. Are we against do not resuscitate DNR? It depends on the condition. And there is no general question, general answer. But if the, if the condition is terminal, not treatable, and um, the percentage of recovery is like zero because the process of death started this is a process it can take one second or can take actually years and we believe in the second uh, in, in life after death so we are not scared of death 
That's why we need to ask ourselves with DNR, am I prolonging life or am I prolonging death, the process of death? If I am prolonging the process of death, no, that's not right. So in a situation that is not treatable, terminal, medically not recoverable, you can say don't resuscitate, nothing wrong with that. Why can't girls take communion on their period? I need to add to this, and also boys cannot take communion when they have wet dreams. I want to explain and emphasize that in the New Covenant, we don't say that boys or girls in this situation, they are impure before God. No, they are pure. They are pure before God. Lakin, you can look at it as if they are not fasting. For example, if you wake up in the morning and you drink coffee and you take breakfast, can you take communion? No. Does breakfast make you impure? No. But you are not ready for communion. And you're going to tell me why. I'm eating breakfast or something. I, I do it with my own will. But the with dreams or the period it is a commandment in the Old Testament so the argument back will tell me but many things the Old Testament like circumcision or purification we don't do it right now however like yes you're right but the church until 50 years ago 50 years ago in the East and the West both all the traditional churches I mean the Oriental Orthodox Church, like the Coptic Church, the Eastern Orthodox Church, like the Greek Orthodox, the Roman Catholic Church, or the Catholic Church, until 50 years ago, all of them agreed on this from the time of the Apostles until now. So this means in the Church for more than 2000 years understood this is the will of God in this commandment in the Old Testament should be kept in the New Testament. There was a consensus about it. Some people, they bring a quote from St. Athanasius, where St. Athanasius said the woman is pure during this time. I said the woman is pure during this time. And I had to give a quote from St. Athanasius, be all in age can take communion. There is no quote. The quote, the people reference it, Athanasius is pure. Yes, I'm saying the woman is pure, pure before God, 100%. Like in few quotes like they asked Pope Timothy, I think number 22, can a woman take communion? His answer, no. It's very clear. Very clear. As I told you, it's East and West. Even in our current time, in 2013, His Holiness Pope made a committee, a medical committee from bishops in the Holy Synod. All of them had medical degree. I think we were 17 or 15, 17, something like this. And I was part in this committee. And His Holiness asked us to study this issue from church fathers, from the Bible, from medical point of view. And you can read actually the, the resolution of the Holy Synod. 
it's, it was in June 2013. The resolution of the Holy Synod, uh, well, actually the Diocese of Los Angeles translated to English. It says the woman is pure 100% during this time. But because of the honor and respect to the sacrament, women should abstain from taking communion during this time, as well as males should abstain from taking communion if they have withdrawals. That is they we consider it like you are not fasting, father, like in Mish Nagasa. But even in our current time, this is the resolution of the Holy Synod. If anybody said something else, he is not obeying the Holy Synod, and he's not obeying the holy tradition of the church, and he's not obeying the word of God in the book of Leviticus. Saint Mary, who did not need this purification, but you can read in the Gospel of Saint Luke, after 40 days, at the end of the purification, she took um, the sacrifice and went to the temple as was ordered in the law. And if Saint Mary submit to the law, shouldn't we submit to the law? After in the last 50 years, until 50 years ago. And actually, when I say until 50 years ago, you can actually look at the internet would see, it's called churching of women. Churching of women. Unfortunately, because of the influence of the feminist movement, that's why some churches start to yield. As now some churches start to justify homosexuality. As some churches start to accept transgenderism as something normal. Not sinful. What do I do if I keep having doubts about God? Yani, number one, pray and ask God to reveal Himself to you, and He will. If you search for the truth, God will reveal Himself. Number two, stay away from reading books or articles that cast doubt in your heart. Number three, read books, apologetic books, that respond to these doubts. And there are many, many, many apologetic books in the early Church Fathers and for current uh, authors. So, if you pray, ask God to reveal Himself to you. If you stay away from anything that casts doubt in your heart, and if you start reading and studying in the field of apologetics, all these doubts will, will be gone. I get anxious when I start thinking about the end, eternal life. I get a lot of doubts, thoughts about where I I am going to end up. How do I get myself to be prepared? Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life that what the Lord told us. People usually anxious, as you said clearly, if we feel we are not ready or we are not prepared. But I want to assure you, Sometimes Satan makes us believe that heaven is, is not for me. I will never ever get to heaven. And Satan is a liar. Heaven will be a gift to everyone who walking faithfully with God. And as I just said a few minutes ago, to go to heaven is very easy. It's not like Satan telling you it's difficult. Think about this verse. Don't fear little flock. It is your father' good pleasure to give you the kingdom. 
And the Lord here used the word father because any father wants to give everything to his children. Also, even the father doesn't want to give something to his children, he will get it by inheritance, by law. So we will inherit, that's why we call it the inheritance of the given. But God actually wants to give us. One time the Lord said, if your son asks you for bread, are you going to give him stone? They said no. If he asks you for a, an egg, are you going to give him scorpion? They said no. If he asks you for fish, are you going to give him serpent? They told him no. You being evil, know how to give your children good gifts. How much more your heavenly father will give you uh, the Holy Spirit for those who ask. And the kingdom of heaven. That's why he said, don't fear, don't be scared. It is your father, good pleasure. It pleases God. God is not forced to give me the kingdom. That's his good pleasure. God wants us to be with him. Do you know to what extent God wants us to give us the heaven? That he died on the cross. That God the Father sent his son to die on the cross in order for us to go to heaven. Are you still don't believe that God wants to give you the heaven? And he gave you all the tools. He told you, if you sin, my blood will purify you from every sin. Don't let these thoughts from the devil to cast it out in your heart. Is it okay to be scared when being faithful unto death? Why scared? If you remember when I spoke about faithfulness, one of the points I said, to be faithful, you need to trust in the promises of God because this will motivate you. What will make you faithful in your study? Your hope in it you're going to pass the exam. That's why you are faithful in your study. If you lost this hope, you will not study. So this confidence in God's promises that he will give us the kingdom of heaven, give us the crown of life, motivate me to be faithful unto this. What are the thoughts, opinion of the church for selecting a spouse outside of the church, not Coptic or Egyptian? The church will marry only two Coptic Orthodox. And Coptic doesn't mean Egyptian. Although literally, Coptic means Egyptian, literally. But when I mean to Coptic Orthodox, means to join the Coptic Church. Or to join, let me rephrase it, the Church will only marry two persons from the Oriental Orthodox Church. Coptic with Syrian, Coptic with Coptic, Coptic with Ethiopian, etc. So, if a person from outside the Church joins the Church, after he is convinced not joining for the sake of marriage, but joining because he found the truth in the church. The church is not against this. But, but, statistics says that unfortunately many people join just for the sake of marriage. And that's why after they marry, we don't see them in the church. Also, the mixed marriages between, from two cultures or two different backgrounds has its own challenges and it needs a lot of love and humbleness and understanding for this marriage to be successful. I'm not saying it will never be successful, but I say there are challenges because you are bringing two cultures together and the two families also still there. 
who is converting? Only the person who will marry. But his family did not convert yet. And this family is Coptic. So you can think about the challenges, how these two families integrate together in everything. And their children in the future will deal with two different cultures. So I am not saying it will not be successful. No, it can be successful, but needs a lot of love and humbleness and understanding, not only from the two partners, but from the two families and high commitment to make this marriage succeed. Hey, Habib. Eastern Orthodox, we only have agreement with one about 16 churches. We have only agreement with the Greek Orthodox Church in Alexandria. Not with the Greek Orthodox Church here, not with the Russian Orthodox Church, not with the Romanian, etc. etc. There is some effort, there are some efforts. And to take this agreement and to apply it with other Eastern Orthodox Church, but this agreement is not yet. And yeah, these efforts are not yet produced this agreement. Why do we fast 55 days in great fast when God fasted for 40 days? I have no problem to fast 40 days as the Lord, as long as you will not eat or drink anything for 40 days. But let me ask your answer your question. There were two ways to calculate the 40 days, either six weeks or eight weeks. Six weeks because six by seven, 42. But why eight? Because we don't fast on Wednesday, Saturday and Sunday. We don't fast means we don't abstain. يعني Saturday and Sunday we don't abstain. لكن from Monday to Friday, we abstain. And actually, we should abstain until sunset. That's why in the liturgy, we pray till the 12th hour or the veil in monastery. So in reality, the true fasting is when we abstain. So how many days we abstain? Five days, not seven. So how many weeks do we need in order to fast 40 days? It will be eight. But eight by seven is 56. That's 55 days, actually. Egypt, the Coptic Church, used to fast six weeks. Jerusalem used to fast eight weeks. As you read from the third century, there was a pilgrimage. Her, her name is Nigeria. She went and spent three years in Jerusalem, and she recorded all what she saw in Jerusalem. And she spoke about fasting eight weeks. So what happened? Egypt, they fast six weeks. Uh, in Jerusalem, they fast eight weeks. So when people went to Jerusalem, to visit the Holy Land, and they found the Roma, they fast eight weeks. So they say, So after they visit the Holy Land and they return, they fast eight weeks. And this tradition actually until now Mahmoud in the Coptic Church St. Mary fast, some people they don't eat fish, although fish is allowed. Some people eat some people fast until sunset 
Some people fast three weeks. Many, many people fast three weeks. Some people fast one month. كذا يعني إيه يعني الناس لما بتحب الصوم بيصوموا براحتهم. فكان في two groups in Egypt. Groups they fast eight weeks. And groups they fast six weeks. So for the sake of unity, they decided actually that all of us we fast the eight weeks because we don't abstain on Saturday and Sunday. That's why we fast only 40 days in, uh, in abstinence, al-humma, five days per eight weeks. Had only, including including Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.